Praise the Lord. Some of that background uh, scenery looks a little bit like Montana. I think we'll get to see some of that in a, in a, for the next couple of weeks. I've titled this message today, uh, Grace in the Journey. I was telling Todd when I gave him that title, I said, actually, what I initially wrote down was Grace in the Struggle. And, and, I, and I, as we come to look at uh, this scene in Acts chapter 5, where the, uh, Peter and John, the disciples, the apostles, they've been jailed, and now they've been, uh, they're addressing the Sadducees. Um, we, we should get a picture there, I believe, that when we invite people to a relationship with Jesus Christ, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it's often presented like, you know, your life will be just perfect from there on out. And no, there's going to be no struggles, no troubles. You come to Jesus and you'll be happy the rest of your life. And that is absolutely false. The truth is, the Bible talks about a joy that's unspeakable that God gives us in the journey. But he does not say that we will not have struggle, we will not have persecution. In fact, the opposite he said that if we proclaim his name, that there is going to be persecution because they persecuted him when we proclaim his name. <laughs> we are going to be persecuted. And yet, when we look at this particular passage, which we'll read these few verses, you'll see that miraculously these men rejoice. And um, it's really a model for us to, to look at and uh, model that in our own um, journey, our struggle in the Christian life. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you just uh, speak to us, continue to speak to us through your word. Your word is power, and your word is full of grace and truth. Father, may it be presented today, and may we hear it. We, we just sang, open the eyes of our heart, Lord. We want to see Jesus. Father, help us to see Jesus in these verses today. Help us, Lord, uh, see him in the background. Uh, see him, Father, speaking through the apostles and, Father, speaking to those men that oppose the message. And, uh, Father, and, and see him in his strength and encouragement and grace that he pours in to those proclaiming the good news. And then, Father, may we know that all that is available to us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So if you've got your Bible, open it up to uh, Acts chapter 5. I want us to see, uh, we need to read these verses through again. I know we've been reading this over and over. We will get into chapter 6 next time when I come back. But it's important to get the whole picture here, and the Scripture gives us the best picture of the scene Try to picture yourself there in Jerusalem with these disciples, with these disciples, apostles, and their life and their experience and the opposition that is there to oppose them and how, that, how they, uh, the responses are going on back and forth. So here they are, miracles. Remember, this is started, stirred up, because the power of Jesus 
raised a crippled man to his feet who had never walked in his whole life, miraculously healed, standing there with them. They cannot deny these men that hate the message. So here they are, verse 17. But the high priest rose up and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy. They were jealous. They arrested the apostles, put them in the public prison. Now, so when I said about uh, coming to Christ, uh, it's not a rosy scene sometimes. They've, 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 they've had one miracle, and now they're in prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. We looked at that last week. All the words of this life. Capital L in the the English Standard Version. Everything about Jesus, speak about it. And so what did they do? And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. They didn't hesitate. They went right out. They started teaching. Now, when the high priest came, because remember now, this is where the high priest teaches. They, all of a sudden, they're in, the, they're in the territory of these Sadducees and the Pharisees, and they are the spiritual authorities. Now, when the high priest came and those who were there with him, they called together the council. We looked at that Wednesday night. That was about 71 people. This is their religious council, almost like a... Like a uh, lawyers, juries, you know, to, to make decisions, spiritual things. And, and all the senate of the people of Israel are there. And they sent, and they sent to the prison to have them brought. Uh, but when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and they reported. Now, again, try and picture this scene. They put them in jail. And now they come and they say, go get those fellows out of jail. Well, the next thing the report is, they're not in jail. Well, where are they? So when they found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, let me start that again. We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them wondering what this would come to. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes along and says, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force. They were a little cautious here because all the people were clinging to what they were saying, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. So they had a little bit of fear, even though they were jealous and they were angry at these messengers. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Now, if you go back, I believe it is uh, chapter 417, I think it is. Let me go back there. 
verse 417, it says, but in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they charged, called them and charged them not to speak or teach in, at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them back then, he says, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to, than, rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. So it's already had this conversation, but they still went and spoke. So going back to chapter 5, we strictly charge you not to teach in his name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. This man is Jesus they're talking about. You intend to make it out like his death, his blood that was spilled, was our fault. Well, Peter had an answer for him. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. And then he says something interesting here. The God of our fathers raised Jesus. When he says the God of our fathers, he's including them. Their fathers. It was the God of their fathers, not only Peter and John and the other apostles. He's looking back in history and saying, the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed. Now, you can imagine these jealous people. You know, when somebody does something wrong, which what, which what they did wrong was they crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it was in God's plan for that to happen, but they still asked for it, and the blood is on them, Right? His death, their responsibility, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. But, verse 31, God exalted him at his right hand as, as a leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Just want a comment on that is that don't be afraid of telling the truth when you know what the truth is. And they told it very firmly. They trusted God that we can tell these men, his blood is on your hands. You're the ones that hung him on a tree. Now, what we don't hear is, is that Peter and John all ran away at the cross and and, but they've gone through their repentance and they've asked God for forgiveness and now they're filled with the Spirit of God and they, I don't think there was any turning back from there on in the rest of their lives because they had their humility of their experience of denying Christ, especially Peter. So he says, now this is the council's response. Again, we're trying to get the picture of this scene in Jerusalem. It, it's hard really to get it all this council around you, these religious leaders, this, re, re, this religious, religious spirit that's just against Christ. And uh, now someone is, is, the people are just listening to this message. So when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. So they told them the truth. Naturally, it enraged them. They still told them the truth. Please, 
Please hear me in this. Sometimes when we tell a brother or a sister or a family member or a friend the truth, now we have to speak, Bible tells us to speak the truth in love, but we still speak it. By, by speaking it in truth, what I mean is this, is that we come from a platform of our own humility, of our own uh, idea in our spirit that the only reason we can speak like this is because God's grace has done something in our spirit. And I am speaking to you because I have also been spoken to in the past by somebody that confronted me in my sin. And was I angry at the time? Yes. But when I accepted it and finally bowed my knee, I changed. And so will you. And I'm going to trust Christ that if I plant the seed, that God will cause it to grow at maybe some future date, but not right when that response comes right at you with fire and brimstone and hatred. And you walk away going, I'll never speak up again. Don't listen to that lie. That's the scene here. They wanted to kill him. But now here's a man, a Pharisee, and it says in verse 34, but a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel. I mentioned this last week. Gamaliel was the man, and we'll see, we'll see the story of Paul coming along later. Gamaliel was his teacher, and, and he must have been a good teacher because Paul, in his, in his Hebrew life, was perfect, as you could be. Gamaliel. So he had some clout to talk to this scene right here, this group of religious leaders. He's a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people. And he stood up and he gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. Fellas, Kelvin, Mike, come here. Take these fellas out of here. Pull them in the fellowship hall and I'm going to have a talk with you, with the congregation. That's kind of like the scene. So he says, says to, then he says to them, men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. I want to give you some advice here. And this is where my foundation for my, my advice comes from. For before these days, a man by the name of Theodos rose up. He claimed to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. He didn't stop there. So he said, now, man, I want you to listen a little bit longer in this thing. Now, after him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So why are we worrying about those men we just put in the fellowship hall right now? He says, so, in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. If the message that Peter and John are proclaiming is not of God, it'll fail. But then he says this, but if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. Let me tell you, when 
when God is in, 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 your, in your life and he is instructing you and directing you to do and say certain things, and it is from God, for absolute 100% certain, anyone that opposes you will find themselves opposing God. But we have to know it's God. The word of God helps us understand that. The Holy Spirit of God helps us discern that. But we need to know it. But this truth is that when God is in it, it will not fail. But listen, I, I just picture these men that are angry and jealous. So they took his advice. They took his advice. I'm thinking, praise the Lord. That's good of them. Come on back in here, guys. Mike, tell me. Go get them. Go get those guys. Bring them back in here. We're going to take the advice. And when they had called the apostles, they beat them. They just couldn't. They just couldn't let them go without beating them. They still, in their anger, beat them. You think the Christian journey is uh, all bells and whistles and sparkles and lights and fun? They beat them. You know what they actually, you know what that means what the, when they say they beat them? Now, we don't know how many lashes they gave them. They, they would give, oftentimes, up to 39 lashes divided by three. Two lashes on the back, one lash on the chest. Two lashes on the back, one lash on the chest. Doesn't say how many lashes they gave them, but it, they, they punished them. And that was their form of punishment. Three strands of calf hide lashed them. Two on the back, one on the chest. I, I mean, the back, it'd be hard. The chest, that's what they did. These angry, jealous, religious leaders. And then they charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus again, third time. And then they let them go. So now here, now they're walking out of here beaten, probably bleeding. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Hey, praise the Lord. We, we have been found worthy to suffer. Are you kidding me? Two, one, two, one. One after the other. Who knows? They maybe lined them all up. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Grace in the struggle. They found grace in the struggle. They found God's grace strengthening them. As I looked at this, I, I, I wrote, um, and some of this comes from uh, a commentator by the name of Matthew Henry, and the reason I look at him is because he... He ministered in Chester, North Wales, which is 11 miles from where I grew up. So I have kind of an affinity to him because I can picture him going around in 1800 on horseback. He did a 25-mile circuit on horseback. And so here's what he talked about. He said, and I've kind of, these are my words based on his interpretation, but any good work, any good work will encounter opposition in its journey to completion. 
Anything that we do for God is going to find opposition in its journey to completion. And as we're on that journey, uh, James, James just tells us in, in chapter 1, verse 2, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials and various tri- when you meet trials of, uh, uh, trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. You can read that, but if you were experiencing it, it might be kind of tough. So there's going to be a battle in the, in the journey, and you're going to have to face it. The struggle. It's the struggle, as Matthew Henry said, between the malice of hell and the grace of heaven. Those are his words. So this grace in the struggle this is a, there's a battle going on, and it's a struggle between the malice of hell seen in the jealousy and the anger of the religious leaders of the day back in Jerusalem and the grace of heaven seen poured out of the apostles in the message of Christ. Christ, you hung him on a tree. His blood is on your head, but he died for you also, and he died for us. And he lives for us today, interceding for us. That's what causes us to stand up and take the beating and rejoice and go on teaching. The grace of heaven, what it does, it provides, it, it's, it's provided to energize you in the work. You see, yes, there's going to be the malice of hell against your Christian faith, against your Christian relationship, But whenever opposition comes, the grace of heaven is going to come and strengthen you in your journey. Out of all that that I just read, that's what I am seeing. This week, week, Pauline and I were invited to come and uh, uh, bring a devotion at the Dakota Hope Clinic and their staff. And so we joined them at noon on Tuesday. And I was sharing this with them because I, I felt like when I went there, first of all, I was thinking Sunday comes awful fast. I'm already knowing and preparing for, to come here today. And I'm thinking this is really appropriate for, for their struggle, their journey. Their journey, Dakota Hope's journey, is a journey to see young women, women that are pregnant, keep the baby. And the opposition that comes against keeping the baby sometimes, it it is, if you want to use the word, it is the malice of hell. Kill the baby. That's the easy way out. And so that's the opposition that comes. And the grace of heaven comes to provide strength, provide and energize you, and and to say, no, God's grace is sufficient. This is a life that God has given and trust God in the journey. He will provide grace for this child. And there are many miraculous stories. So anyway, I shared a little bit of this and a little bit more. And um, Nadia, the director, sent me an email. So if you saw me holding my phone, Ron, or if you guys, while I was trying to search for this email, she sent me an email just to say thank you for that devotion on Tuesday. But what caught my eye was in the bottom of her email. You know how you put, um, I have on the bottom of every one of my emails out, it says, uh, I want to know Christ and make him known. 
Nadia has these three, four things. Today, dot, 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 we shared hope. Today, we helped a woman choose life. Today, we extended grace, mercy, and forgiveness through Christ. And then the fourth thing she writes, which really touches me, tomorrow, we will do it all over again. In ministry, sometimes we go day to day, right? And, and it, today's struggle, today's struggle will strengthen us for tomorrow's journey, tomorrow's struggle. Now, there is joy in the journey. It's, it's like I said, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory through Christ amidst the struggle of the journey and the battles that come against us. Some of the battles that we face aren't necessarily physical. We're not getting, we're not getting two lashes on the back and one on the chest. But our minds, it's as if our mind is getting two lashes and one and multiplied by up to 39, where our minds are just so attacked because the area of battle in our, in our spiritual life is oftentimes inside our spirit and inside our own mind. And we all have those battles, don't we? But let me encourage you with some scriptures just for today. And um, I'm sure there'll be more down in the future. In Revelation chapter 17, 14, we're encouraged by these words about the, the malice of hell coming at us while the grace of heaven strengthens us. They will make war with the Lamb. That's Jesus. And the Lamb will conquer them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those with him are called chosen and faithful. Are you with him? Have you given your life to Christ? 1 Corinthians 1.25 says this, because sometimes we think this is just crazy, this talk. But 1 Corinthians 1.25 says, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. God is always stronger God's grace will always overcome anything that comes against you spiritually, the spiritual attacks on your life. If you're ever con confronted or wondering what to do when you're faced with opposition that comes and challenges your Christian faith, like I'm sure Dakota Hope get when, they, in, when they're meeting different gals. It, we're encouraged in the Philippian uh, ch uh, chapters in, verse, in chapter 1, verses 27 and 28, I'm not going to read them all that, but just to say that, that for us as, as believers to stand firm in one spirit and stand firm in one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, stand together. We're not, we don't stand alone in this thing. And not frightened in anything by your opponents. Don't be frightened by what the opposition that comes against you in your minds where a lot of times it happens at night when you're going to lay down. The devil comes and tells you all kinds of things and some of that's related sometimes to your past. Sometimes it's related to what happened that day. We have insecurities of our own. And God says, give that to me. 
Don't be frightened. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. Everything's from God. For it's been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Oh, that's hard to receive sometimes. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, Paul's writing this, and now that I still have. All the way through Paul's life, he struggled. He had the battle between the, the malice of hell intended to make Paul quit and the grace of heaven provided to energize him in his work. He received it and he wrote about it and we can read about it. And we can receive the same law, the same energy, the same grace as he had back then. God will give, be your strength. He'll be your guide. And then finally, as we look at this and thinking about us coming to Christ, we spent some time on this some several months back about how we're to put on the whole armor of God. God gives us spiritual armor. He gives us shields and helmets and breastplates and feet that, that, that walk around with the gospel of peace. Let me tell you, on Ephesians 6.11 says, put on the whole armor of God. Why? that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. I don't want to give the devil a lot of credit here. He's defeated. He's a defeated foe. But you sure don't know that sometimes when you're laying in your own dark place, do you? But please know, yes, there is that malice of heaven. But please know that the grace of God is right there to energize you, to give you strength. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Those apostles back then stood firm. They spoke strongly, they spoke the truth, and they were beaten for it. But they went on rejoicing. Can you ever see yourself doing that? We, I'll tell you, in the Christian faith right now, sometimes it's presented in such a way that people go home from church and they have a little kind of squabble with somebody and they quit their relationship with the church. i tell you why they do that. Because they don't have a solid relationship with Christ. It's not the church, the building. It's not even us as the people. It is Christ himself in you and Christ himself in us. He's the strength. He's the grace. He's the energizer. You need him. Why don't you give your life to him? Why don't you look to him? He will give you grace in the journey. He will give you grace in whatever struggle you face. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each one of us here today. Lord, in Jesus' name, may the words that I spoke today, there's so many more, there's so much scripture, there's so much that talks about this. I just pray for my brothers and sisters that go home and be thinking about this. And the next time, maybe even tonight, maybe even this afternoon, maybe even on the way home, there's going to be the wiles of that old devil coming and whispering lies 
in their ears and in their, and to, to be penetrated into their hearts. And I say in the name of Jesus, we rebuke that. Yes, any good work's going to encounter opposition in the journey to completion. And that struggle between the malice of hell is intended to make us quit. But in Jesus' name, I just pray that the grace of heaven will provide energy and strength as we work together, Father, for your glory. And as we grow in our faith, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's stand together.